Hello and thank you for downloading episode 50 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed in this pod are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After... Uh, Circumall that takes a deflection and finds the back of Trevor Carson's net and just before half-time Cheltenham Town uh, break the deadlock there and it's out of nothing really ball just infield to Circum he scored in the reverse fixture and he scored here for Cheltenham Town just before the half-time it took a wicked deflection off Jacob Beddo on the edge of the box just looped over Carson and into the back of the net to make it Morecambe nil Cheltenham Town won how's your look I think it was always going to take something like that to break the deadlock up to now this afternoon. It's one of those shots, it doesn't take the deflection, it doesn't test Trevor Carson. It's just the deflection that brings it up and down. No one really to blame there for me. You've got to put your body in the way as a defender. It's one of those, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And unfortunately, one of those freak deflections that loops over Trevor Carson. And that is not what we needed just before half time. And it's it's undeserved as well there for me. It's undeserved, the way we've defended up until now. We spoke before the game and and several times during the first half, Matt, how even it was going to be and how even it has been. And to concede a goal like that, oh, that's that's heartbreaking. Firstly, this throw-in needs clearing away from inside the box. The shot comes in, it's going to be 2-0. And the first 60 seconds after the restart, we didn't get the clearance done. And it's been forced home by Callum Wright from close range. Long throw came in, we didn't clear our lines. First shot from Elliot Bonds was really well saved low down to his left-hand side by Trevor Carson. We didn't react and Callum Wright smashes it into the empty net from close range. And in the first minute after the second half, the team talk goes completely out of the window and it's a mountain to climb for the Shrimps at Morecambe nil, Cheltenham Town 2. Totally against the script, wasn't it, for that second half. It was a, a powerful strike from the angle initially. Carson does well to get down to it. But unfortunately, his save is straight into the path of Callum Wright, who was in the right place at the right time to prod home. He won't have an easier finish all season. And uh, all of a sudden, the ships have got a mountain to climb. It's Morecambe nil, Cheltenham too. It's going to fall for Anthony O'Connor, 25 yards out. Shrimps captain gets it out towards this left-hand side, and Greg Lee once more. That's a better measure. Lovely ball. It's a really lovely cross. It's going to fall for Shane McLaughlin. Oh! And it's all pinballing about. And Anthony O'Connor can't force oh! it over the line. And neither can Cole Stockton. A brilliant oh last-ditch defending. I've no idea how Morecambe haven't scored that one. Eventually, Bonds gets it behind for a corner. Seemingly, the goal was gaping on three occasions there. McLaughlin couldn't force it in. O'Connor couldn't force it in. Neither could Carl Stockton. And eventually, somehow, Cheltenham survived. Flabbergasted. Shane McLaughlin up and over it goes. Flag stays down as Cole Stockton definitely wasn't offside there, that's for sure. And does really want to battle away from his man. Cole Stockton's in the box. How good's his pullback? It's a decent one. Yes, come on! We do get a goal back and we have deserved that for the way that we've responded after going 2-0 down. And that was great play from Cole Stockton down that right-hand side. Did not give up the lost cause. He was like a Rottweiler with an abscess there, bursting into the box, squared it across the six-yard area. And at the second or third time of asking, Greg Lee forces it over the line to reduce the arrears and make it Morecambe 1, 
Cheltenham Town 2 in the 52nd minute. David's been coming ever since they uh, they scored their second. Our tails have been up somewhat. A really strong performance up, uh, from there onwards, and we deserve it. You look at the uh, you look at the goal and uh, I can't even speak. You look at the, uh, the goal line scramble. We came so 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 close on that occasion, and then all of a sudden, correctly in that instance, was there to poke home. Oh, I tell you what, we deserve it as well. And this place is rocking. Might fall for Phillips, and in front of the Berlin Wall, it's Shane McLaughlin. Slide rule passes that a penalty. Oh my goodness, mate! Dylan Conley was denied one on Tuesday against Bolton Wanderers. Goes to ground inside the penalty area there, and again the referee says no. We just need to capitalise, but we've got to be careful that Cheltenham don't break forward themselves. And here they are with Callum Wright. They've got men over at the back post. Oh, what a save! And that's a great stop down down to his right hand side to prevent Andy Williams from making it three-one to Cheltenham. And that is a lovely piece of goalkeeping from Trevor Carson. Hit with power down to his right hand side. Strong wrist. It's going to fall for Morecambe midfielder Shane McLaughlin. Chips it out towards. Well, again, Stockton's having his shirts up there, but he might uh, get a lucky ball to the ball here. Stockton on the edge of the box, lets the shot go! Oh, that's a save! tip around the post. Stockton thought for all the world there as if he scored his 23rd goal of the season. He did have men over. You can't blame Cole the goal for shooting from there, though. Arrowing into the bottom corner, and in fairness, that's a good tip around the post by Owen Evans for a corner. There's no doubt they are running the clock down. Cheltenham Town thrown in front of the score what it might fall for Callum right here and he scuffed his left footed shot it falls for Alfie May who puts it into the back of the net Leisman's flag stays down and that could be the points in the bag for the Robins with 10 minutes to go here at the Mazuma Stadium long throw not cleared away scuffed effort from Callum Wright and it fell to Alfie May who scores his 21st goal of the season you cannot let a man with 20 goals to his name have the freedom of the penalty area like we did there at the back post he just tucks it under Trevor Carson and that could be the end of that this afternoon for Morecambe it's the Shrimps 1 Cheltenham Town 3 yeah, it's a tap in at the back stick isn't he I'm not sure who was uh, whose man that was but there'll be a bit of an inquest going on down there really disappointing especially the chances we've had at 2-1 we've had big big chances and it's just we let ourselves down unfortunately there a little bit we spoke about luck Matt and the first goal was definitely unlucky there's no question about that a lucky deflection found the back of the net in a very very even first half second half the second and third goals we've conceded we should have done better defensively it's as simple as that you cannot allow forwards with 20 goals to their name that much space in the box he had time to take a touch and then just slot it in easy as you like and we can't defend like that if we are going to preserve our league one status Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, a really disappointing um, result. If, if I look at the goals, you know, the goals were, you know, hugely disappointing. I think that um, you know, two goals from long throw-ins, uh, one a deflection in the first uh, half. Um, but as everyone knows. We know what the problem has been for the, the whole season is, is considering too many goals and uh, that was the 70th goal that we conceded this year. Uh, it's the second worst in the league uh, and we have to become better at that. You know, we had you know some really good chances in the game that um, we failed to capitalise on and uh, I feel that, you know, their two out of the three goals, uh, you know, are very poor from our point of view. 
is it also the timing of the, the two goals as well? One immediately before half-time and one straight after? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, to lose the deflection right on half-time, we should have done better to close it down. Uh, and that goes in the back of the net. And then the one, you know, just after half-time, it's another, you know, long throw into the box and uh, we don't deal well with it. We don't, you know, pick up our man and uh, we lose the goal. You gave it a real go in that second half. I think you had three cleared off the line within 10 seconds before pulling one back. Are you just not getting the rub of the green at the moment, as well as maybe some decisions? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, over the game, I thought we had, you know, some really good opportunities. Uh, we did give it a goal, but we can't concede the goals that we're conceding. Um, you know, that's that's a huge problem, and uh, it has been, uh, you know, throughout the season. And we, we have to, you know, be more solid. Uh, we, we had been uh, against, you know, the likes of Plymouth, Argyle, Bolton uh, and Ipswich, but today, you know, there were really soft goals that we lost. I think you've nine games to go now between the end of the season. You're going to need a, a few wins in there. What's it going to take to to pick up those victories? Well, we need to be better defensively. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know we have been, uh, but today um, I thought that you know man for man in the box, then you've got to you know clear it. it they're really poor goals to, to lose. I thought in, in open play um, we still created uh, some openings, and uh, we have to take them. Since your return, obviously it's very tight down the bottom of the division, but since your return, presumably you've seen enough to suggest that your side can get out of this? Yeah, I mean, we've got to do a lot better. Um, you know, we're in a situation where we're in the relegation zone for a reason, and the reason is that uh, you know we're conceding goals and we have to be solid. And we've shown this season that uh, we can score goals, and uh, that's not been our biggest problem. You know, conceding goals has. You go again Tuesday, quick turnaround at, at Shrewsbury. Mm. You must go into every game now wanting the three points. Yeah, of course. I think that um, you know we we wanted the three points today, but um, we haven't been good enough to get that. And uh, we've got to move on to Tuesday night now. We've got to see what players we have available. Um, a few took knocks in the game today. See we, the ones that um, were out, can they come back in? And uh, you know regroup tomorrow morning when we come in talk about Knox are you going to have to make changes or were you going to be planning changes anyway no I just have to assess it tomorrow you know when we come into the training and assess you know where the squad is tomorrow we wish you well thank you we've spoken about luck all season I think Derek and conceding a goal as you've alluded to with the deflection that's one thing but that defending that that poor defending has crept back in again hasn't it yeah, I mean, you know, to concede 70 goals this season is not good enough. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, we have to be better, uh, you know, defensively in these situations. And uh, today we certainly could have been. When we got it back to 2-1, we had that momentum for a good 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. It felt as if we were going to go on and get an equaliser. To me, it seemed similar to Bolton on Tuesday. A couple of penalty shouts again against Dylan Connolly. How did you see those? Yeah, I mean, they could have gone our way or, or not. Um, you know, I think that Dylan has got himself in a good position uh, in a one-way-one situation past the defend. And uh, we might have got them, we might not have. And today, we didn't get them. Now it's ten without a win. Now, it's five draws and five defeats in those ten. Do you pay much attention to those kind of statistics or is it very much game by game? Well, it's not been good enough. Uh, we, we, you, know, you know, we're in the bottom uh, zone uh, for a reason, and the reason is that um, you know we haven't been as good as the teams above us. And the frustration is nobody seems to want to pull clear of that relegation zone. I think there's four clubs now separated by two points. It just needs us to get a win or two, and it could be a lot different. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know we have got uh, 
you know, nine games to go. But, uh, you know, today um, was an opportunity because we were playing a team that were round about us. We do the same uh, on Tuesday night away to, to Shrewsbury. But we have to be um, better uh, in a defensive way. We have to be more streetwise as well. And uh, I think that uh, that's been, you know, a big problem for us. And finally, Derek, you weren't in the technical area this afternoon. Uh, what, why was that? Yeah, I had picked up four bookings throughout the season, so uh, that was the reason I'd, uh, I'd taken a, a one-game suspension. Sorry, it's just one game, so you'll be back for Tuesday? Yes. Derek, thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, Liam, not to be uh, for your team today, what did you make of it? Um, I mean, first off, just pure frustration. Um, with, like like all season, we just haven't been, haven't been good enough defensively today. We've conceded some uh, silly goals. Despite not being good enough defensively, there was a couple of moments in that first half where you had to throw your body on the line and, and keep Cheltenham at bay. Yeah, um, obviously, I, um, I, I like that position. I like the left side of the three um, position. I f- feel comfortable there. Um, I think we I think we defended um, all right in the first half, but yet again, just a, a silly goal that, that was probably preventable. Two-one down. It looked like your, your side was really going for it. Perhaps unlucky, maybe with a couple of decisions that didn't go your way as well. Yeah, I think I think um, there's been a lot of times this season where you probably you probably question decisions. But look, we've it's not about making excuses. I just think um, it's it's down to us on the us lads on the pitch to um, to do better. How much has the change of manager had an impact on yourself and, and the rest of your teammates as well? I think it's been positive, um, apart from today. But look, the, the manager only picks the team. It's it's us as players who go out there and, and have to perform. And um, like a lot of times this season, we've come away over the game um, frustrated, and um, we've obviously we've been beat again, which is which is disappointing. We've heard a lot tonight about the defending, but coupled with that, what's it going to take to turn this around and get and get wins on the board again? I think I think we've just got to. Well, We've got to be stick together and, and play as a team. I, th- I think it, it looked at times today that we're that we're a bit flat, and, and that can't happen going into going into League One games. We've we've got to be every, to a man. Everyone's got to be up for it. And I think we well, think we've got nine games left. And we've every every single one of them's cup final. And we've we've got to try and steal. Confident you can do it. Yeah, I think we've we've got the lads. We've got got players in the dressing room to do it. I just um, I think we've just. Just got to um, keep working hard and hopefully hopefully uh, things can start going our way. We wish you well. Thank you. Cheers. You've had a bit of a stop-start season, Lane, for various reasons this year, haven't you? But you've come into the side in the last couple of games and uh, you've played really well by all accounts. Yeah, I think, I think I've done all right. Uh, obviously, it's it's not really... Um, I'm not really bothered about my performances if I, if I don't really... If I'm not picking up points. Um, the, the main thing is to, is to win games and we haven't been doing that. And it's a different system to Stephen Robinson where we've played, perhaps surprisingly actually, I, I thought Derek Adams might go four at the back. He's played a back three for the four games so far. As you've alluded to, that suits your game. Yeah, um, for, for me it's, it's, it's been good because um, I've, got, I've got game time again. But um, like I said before, it's, just, it's, it's frustrating that we're, not, that we're not picking up wins. And that's a frustration, I suppose, isn't it? We, we've tightened up significantly at the back, and okay, first one is a deflection, and we've been moaned our luck all season, haven't yeah. we? About we, we just haven't had the rub of the green yeah. at all. But then those errors creep in, and, and that's what we need to cut out. That's it's been the that's been the story of of the season. We've just we've conceded stupid goals at stupid times. Like we're probably running 
if, if I didn't concede the goal before half time, we're probably went in the half time quite comfortable. And, um, it would probably put us on the front foot um, in the second half, but we've just, like I said, we we'll conceded we'll a silly goal the game before half time, and it, it kind of um, holds our momentum. So finally, in those nine cup finals, as you've as you've mentioned, what is the mood like in the camp? We, we can do this still, can't we? We, we can. Yeah, hundred percent. We've, we've we've just been taught in there in the dressing room again. We've just we've got to keep our heads up. We're, but there's there's only there's nine games left, and if we, if we let, let our heads up now, it's gonna it's um it's not gonna be a, a positive effect. So we've just got to keep keep going and stick together, and hopefully we can pick up results between now and the end of the season. Appreciate it, Sam. Give up. Thanks very Cheers, much. Mate. Thanks Cheers, mate. Thank you. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio here at the Mazuma Stadium. A disappointing afternoon for the Shrimps where it's finished. Morecambe one, Cheltenham Town three, and. We've spoken a number of times over the last couple of months about how much better the Morecambe defensive shape and how fewer goals we've conceded. Not many clean sheets in that, but how much better and how much more solid we've looked defensively. But today, the old habits crept back in and two of the three goals that we conceded were very, very avoidable indeed. In what otherwise was a a, a pretty even affair, I think. We'll dissect the action now. Hello from Dave Salmon and uh, Matt Smith. And... Matt, it's so frustrating when the game is pretty even as it was to, to concede in the manner that we did twice today. Yeah, I mean, I think the first goal, based on how the first half went, I think it was always going to be a freak goal that was going to break the deadlock in that first half. And, you know, so it happened to be through uh, the deflection from Jacob Adele. Nine times out of ten, you know, a deflection like that either takes a sting out and it rolls back to the keeper or it deflects over yeah. for a corner and uh, just as is our look at the minute, it just happens to loop over Trevor Carson in, into the back of the net. And then second half, it was just, it was a different feel to the half. As soon as it started, obviously we go two down um, through a, a poor, poor goal to concede. And then sooner that happens, we, we grab one back. Uh, could have had one earlier when it was another goal line scramble. Um, and then from, you know, from there on, the next five or 10 minutes, our tails were totally up. We were well in control. Um, Cheltenham were sitting back we were piling the pressure on and we just, again, lacking that um, clinical side to our offensive play. Um, and then the last goal we conceded, really disappointing that Alfie May on the back stick, we know how prolific he's been this season. Uh, and then he's unmarked at the back post. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a weird one. I think the scoreline, does it really reflect the afternoon? Not the first half. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a disappointing result, which was, you know, it's a very winnable game, I think. It was a winnable game. That, that even first half, Matt, I looked at the stats just before half-time and, and it was pre- with just, just shaded possession, but shots, corners, everything else was, was, was pretty similar. But neither keeper tested. But I think the phrase we used a, a while ago was if we bought a duck, it would <laughs> probably drown. And very much so. But it's a different team talk, isn't it? You go in nil-nil, as, as Gibbo, as we've just spoken to there, alluded to. You go in you're happy you're nice and solid a good half of football and you go again but to concede those goals just before half time it's a different team talk to the one that Derek Adams planned and then you concede in the 60 seconds after half time and that different team talk then goes out the window yeah um, but that said I was impressed with how the the players responded to to going down 2-0 especially so soon after half time you'd understand if some teams do let their heads drop a little bit but we uh, we responded really well, and like we said, we got that that early goal, um, and 
I said it in commentary. It was shades of Doncaster when we scored the early goal in Felt the second like half. It, didn't it? Yeah, I mean the the whole stadium was behind the team. Um, the noise was was great. Fans didn't stop. Um, we, we did everything but just get the ball in the back of the net, um, and that's the difference, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I just I think it magnifies Tuesday's trip to Shrewsbury Town as an even bigger game now. We'll talk about that in a in a second, but. As the gaffer has alluded to there, well, he didn't allude to it. He said it straight out. The bottom line is we've conceded 70 goals and that isn't good enough. We know that we have to tighten up. But if we look at the bottom four, well, the bottom six in general, nobody wants to win games of football. You look at the results again. Fleetwood Town making a two-goal lead slip against Burton. AFC Wimbledon haven't won in 18 games. 18! And they're still not in the relegation zone. We haven't won in 10 now. Nobody wants to get out of this dogfight. I suppose it's good news for us because it means, despite the fact that we're not winning games of football, we're still in with a fighting chance. We're still only those, that point or two away from safety. It's so frustrating. It is, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, a win on Tuesday night away to Shrewsbury and we could see ourselves out of the relegation zone. That's just how tight it is. Um, it's so, so tight down there. Um, a win for any team down in the mix could lift them out and uh, push them ever closer to safety so as disappointing obviously as the result is today you've got to park it learn from it of course take take all the learning objectives out of it and uh, and push on to the next one and I'm sure that's what the lads and, and the gaffer and the staff will be doing Who's your man of the match today Matt? We said Liam Gibson I, th- I think the sponsors gave it to Dylan Connolly I wouldn't disagree with either of those options I Yeah both up there for me Dylan Connolly was uh was excellent, didn't stop running all afternoon. Uh, but for me, just Gibbo, um, you know, in that first half, he was blocking everything, he was putting himself about, and he got a standing applause actually when he came, uh, standing ovation, should I say, when it, when he came off. Um, and that summed it up for me. I thought he was tremendous. For, for someone as well who hasn't really had too much game time, it's been quite sporadic this season, in and out kind of thing. So for him to, to show up and perform the way he did, very impressive. Hopefully, it's not going to rain much on Tuesday as we head back down to Shropshire. Finally, Matt, we need to beat. Shrewsbury if not to get that elusive win but also to drag them back into the relegation battle as well yeah and a win would also um, put pressure on those around us Um, that's what a win at this stage of the season could do with it being as tight as it is Um, so hopefully hopefully we can go down there and and do what we need to do to to get all three points the lads will be hungry the gaff will be hungry everyone will be hungry to to come back from Shropshire with with the three points and um, hopefully We'll, uh, we'll be able to celebrate that come Tuesday night. We'll talk to you Tuesday, Matt. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Now on the Shrimps Verdict podcast, another massive game coming up for Morecambe this coming Tuesday in our fight to stay in League One next season. Shrewsbury Town is the destination, the Montgomery Waters Meadow. You might remember a few weeks ago it was postponed uh, quite controversially at the time, although I was there. I was one of the few people that went onto the pitch. We got there nice and early. Looked really nice, didn't it, on the footage that you may have seen, but it was really wet underneath. It mattered not because it was postponed due to that waterlogged pitch about uh, 12.45, which was really frustrating because most Morecambe fans had already pretty much made the journey down to Shropshire. But it is back on this coming Tuesday, a hugely significant game ahead. And ahead of the action, I've been talking to Ollie Warner. Ollie is the presenter of Salopcast, a Shrewsbury Town fans pod. He's been a lifelong Shrews fan as well. And the ideal person then to get the full lowdown on Steve Cotterell's men ahead of Morecambe's visit. 
visit to Shropshire this coming Tuesday. Before we talk about matters on the field then between the two sides, give us the sales pitch for Salopcast and the history. Tell us everything we need to know. Yeah, so thanks for ha- thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we've been doing um, Salopcast for me and uh, my my friend Glenn. We've been doing it for coming up to six years now. Um, yeah, it's been we are the the only Shooter Town podcast, so that's quite fun. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it for six years now. Podcast every week, um, and yeah, we've had something like I just some crazy numbers, like two hundred sixty thousand listens, and yeah, get very regularly get a, a good number of seven hundred listens every week. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and yeah, we it's, it's enabled us to yeah be on BBC and Talk Sport and all sorts of different things. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I suppose it helps, doesn't it, when you are the only one out there? Bigger clubs than ourselves, they have numerous ones. Oh mate, pick on so you, yeah. When you play like Liverpool in the FA Cup. Um, or like Wolves, I think we got contacted by five Wolves podcasts or something. And it's like, no, I've done one. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so what, how did it come about then? Why, why did you decide uh, to do a fans podcast? Yeah, um, good question. So um, I've been um, listening to podcasts for years. I started listening to the Guardian Football Weekly um, and I was kind of really, really enjoyed that. And this was kind of, we, I guess, you know, six years ago, it was probably just as podcasts were really kind of starting to kick off <laughs> and people were doing it themselves. And I messaged a guy called Glenn. We kind of knew him playing for the away sports football team, the Shrewsbury Town away sports football team. But I didn't know him that well. Um, but Glenn had done, Glenn was probably the most vocal Shrewsbury Town fan on, on Twitter with his Blue and Amber fanzine account. And I sent a message to Glenn saying, hey, Glenn, should you do a podcast? And Glenn messaged me back in like 30 seconds, say yes. I didn't go back to him for three weeks because I thought, oh, damn it, we're going to do a podcast. And then, yeah, we decided to do one. It's funny, if I don't actually live in Shrewsbury, I live about 40 minutes away. And we very, very rarely record together. And actually, the first podcast we did, I was down in London and he was in Shrewsbury. And yeah, it's the first podcast went out and it went really well. And yeah, we've, we've been doing them ever since. So let's talk about matters uh, on the field then, Ollie. It seems a very, very long time ago yeah. since we played each other way back in late August. A lot has happened for, for both clubs since then. Now, in terms of your league position, where are you in League One in relation to where you would hoped or where you thought you might be at this point of the campaign? Yeah, it's really, it's a good, again, another really good question. It was so if you go back to July, I think a lot of Shrewsbury fans expected quite a boring middle table season. And there was even some pundits um, thinking that Shrewsbury could be dark horses because we'd signed really well coming up into July. We'd done a bit of early business. Um, obviously, Steve Cottrell's um, a, a known as a good manager. He's very good tactically. Um, he's very good at organising a side. And some of the recruitment we made, a couple of players from the championship as well, people were thinking maybe she could be dark horses. And then, unfortunately, in all of August, we didn't sign any permanent players. Um, and in the January transfer window, we didn't really fix the numbers issue. Um, we've got a, a big flaw in our squad, which is basically creativity, and that hasn't been fixed. So, yeah, we went into the season kind of when we first started doing our pre-season reviews back when we came back for the summer, we were really hopeful. And as the season closed and then tran- the January tran- the summer transfer window closed, Shrewsbury Town's expectations plummeted and we expected to be in a relegation fight. So when we lost to you guys, it was kind of almost a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy that, yeah, well, of course we're losing to, to a newly promoted side because we're going to go down. And then we had that little bit of a run and we kind of got into a much better shape, but we're still in the relegation zone now. So, yeah, we kind of started the season hopeful, but because of the lack of signings, um, our expectations are, are low. And it's very frustrating for Shrewsbury Town fans because we've been in this same kind of bracket for three years now. I suppose when your manager 
gets a serious illness and takes a long time to recover, that that doesn't help either. No, yeah. So Steve Cottrell had COVID. He was in hospital on oxygen and he was seriously ill. That didn't help. Um, but we also do have a head of recruitment. Um, so there is a team supporting him. Yes, it's it's obviously it's a bit awkward talking about someone's illness and you know then kind of questioning his performance in his role. The trouble is there's a little bit of a legacy of this at Bristol City. So we did really well in League One, got Bristol City up, and we found an article from a, a blogger from Bristol City fan where basically he repeated what he did here at Shrewsbury. And what he did at Shrewsbury is potentially tried to sign players out of our reach and we didn't sign anyone. And he did exactly the same thing at Bristol City. And we haven't really signed that many players in the January window as well. Recruitment for Shrewsbury Town fans is a bit of a sore topic um, and is a, a real issue for us going forward. Is that issue financial? Is it just poor signings, a combination? How is it? Yeah, it's, that's a, it's, a, it's a simple question, very complicated one to answer, I think. I think it's a in terms of wages and wage budgets, Shrewsbury always plan to lose a little bit of money every year and then then hoping we get an FA Cup tie. You know, Shrewsbury, one of the best run clubs in the division from a financial point of view. And our wage bill is probably mid-table, something like that. As, as you guys know, there is a lot of big clubs in this division. So kind of mid-table you know, you still got some big clubs in that area because of just the number of failed Premier League clubs in the division. But from a, a budget point of view, Shrewsbury Town's budget is not a relegation budget. Um, so we should be doing better than that. I think there's a, a number of things. I think Steve Cottrell, in his in his credit, has very high expectation levels and very high standards in terms of the quality players he wants to bring in. The players that we have signed have been really good. So that's a fantastic positive. But unfortunately, there isn't enough of them. So we haven't been signing players. The CEO of the club came out and said that we haven't spent our budget at the end of the, the, the summer window of a bit of a caveat to kind of protect the club. So I think, I don't think, I think it's actually, he has really high standards. He wants good players. So one of the things that we will find you'll see from Shrewsbury, we haven't really been hammered by anyone. We are, we have got such a hard work in bunch of players the, the the kind of in during during December when we picked up some really good results and kind of climbed away from the relegation zone a bit, you could see there was a real good connection between the fans and the players, and that's born out of their kind of determination and their grit. So there's a so the caliber of players and the mentality and kind of the culture in the club is really good. There's lots of positives to talk about. Unfortunately, we just don't have enough creativity and enough players. So we have a squad that has been submitted to the EFL of 17 players, and that includes an 18-year-old striker. And there was times um, before Christmas that we had kids on the bench that no one's ever seen, no one really heard of before. And the manager basically admitted it in a press conference only a few weeks ago that those kids were never, ever going to get on the pitch. So literally, we were going to games with two two crap strikers on the bench, and that was it. <laughs> Been speaking for a number of weeks with other opposition uh, people, Ollie, about, the, the, I suppose you'd call it the mini league towards the the bottom of the League One table, like eight, nine clubs, four of them are going to go down. I thought three of them were nailed on a couple of weeks ago, but certainly Gillingham have, have suddenly pulled a couple of results out of the fire. You were in the bottom four, then suddenly you went on a good run. Was it three wins and a draw in four games? And that pulled yeah. you a bit clear as well. So there's still a lot of football still to play and a lot of twists and turns ahead. Yes, certainly. I remember the year after we finished, in the Paul, we call it the Paul Hurst season, the season we finished third. The season after that, and we didn't do very well. We kind of lost a load of players and got a poor manager, John Askey. And, and I remember Walsall fans giving Shrewsbury fans a lot of beef, kind of maybe November, December time when they're in the playoffs. 
they got relegated that year. There's often a team that plummets like mad. And it's quite rare, actually, to have a season where three teams are what you could say, yeah, pretty much guaranteed to go down. And obviously, like Doncaster Crew and Gillingham. And obviously, what you're alluding to there is that Gillingham have got a little bit of fire in their belly now with a new manager. Whether they've got enough to get out, I don't know. I hear they've got one of the smallest budgets in the squad in the division, even smaller than Accrington Stanley's. So whether they've got enough to get out, I don't know. But clearly, they've got a good manager there in Neil Harris. Certainly have. Um, it's all about finishing mid-table in that uh, in, in that mini league, I suppose. Yeah. Oddly, we do better against the teams above us. So we're we do we play best when we play counter-attacking football. So that's why we've got results against Sunderland. We've got results against you know, Sheffield Wednesday. We've got four points off them this season. So the bigger teams in the division, we seem to do a bit better. So I think the game against you guys is going to be fascinating, um, especially as you guys you know, are really good at scoring goals. We're not. So I think it's going to be a fascinating tie. Um, the game that we played, you guys, is probably our, one of our worst performances of the season um, in, t- from, in terms of both ends of the pitch. Um, so, yeah, I think... I think it's definitely, a, I think it's fair to call the game that we have a six-pointer. So tell us everything we need to know then, Ollie, about uh, Shrewsbury, players, wants to watch, formation. What do we need to know? Yeah, so in terms of, in terms of setup, um, we typically play um, 3-5-2. So in terms of the team, we've got um, Pennington, who plays the right side of the centre-backs, Ebanks Landl in the middle. Now, Nurse has been playing left-back, um, left um, centre-back, sorry, um, but it's likely that he's going to play left-wing-back now because we sold a lot better to Swansea for 300k. Now, we have signed Flanagan from Sunderland. We've got Elliot Bennett, who's played most of his career in the Championship. But right-wing-back, left-wing-back will be Nurse. Then in midfield, we'll have most likely Lee Heath and Josh Vella. And then up front, um, we'll probably play um, Bowman and O'Dell. And I'm quite... so. We've played the same team seven. We've played the same starting lineup seven, t- seven times in a row, which is great in one ways, but also means that you get really tired. So Bowman and Ado didn't start against Wickham. Um, so that's our best team. We don't have many options on the bench, so I think that's probably the type of team that you'll likely see. If you've got a striker who can put the ball in the net, uh, you've always got a chance of getting a result. So, who are Morecambe's players to watch in your opinion? I, I suppose Cole Stockton, obviously. Yeah, Cole Stockton, obviously. And um, yeah, I hear um, you signed a really good goalkeeper as well yeah. in, the, in the January transfer. And yeah. I can't remember his name. I Trevor Carson. Yeah, so I think it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, and yeah, I often chat to um, Shrimps online and chat to him um, about your team and stuff. So it's always interesting to hear you, how you guys are getting on. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how your new recruits get on. Um, the battle in the midfield uh, will be interesting, um, I think, as well. Um, but it was a very odd game against you guys. Yeah. You know, Ogbetta made a, a, a real big, big mistake um, in defence to give you guys the penalty. And then after that, you pretty much dominated the game. So I think it could be quite a feisty match, actually. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how, how Stockton performs. I didn't really know much of him, to be honest, when we played you last time. Obviously, everyone knows about him now. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how he forms and interesting to see how he forms against our three centre-backs who, who are all quite strong and mobile. I think you've definitely recruited well. I think Flanagan is, a, is an excellent pick-up. Oh, unbelievable, the heart of the, of the defence. Yeah, well, obviously Sunderland have been flooding goals at the moment. And I did see some Sunderland fans saying, I can't believe we sold our best centre-half. Yeah. Um, he's a really hard-working player. Fits in with the ethos of the team that I was alluding to earlier. I think he's a fantastic sign. He's a signing not necessarily for this season, but for the next few seasons as well. Um, and we really need we we only have 
we only really had four players that could play centre-back. We played Lee Hughes, a left-back in central defence to cover. So I think it's really important for us to get that cover. And that's one thing. So we're very, we're very critical of Cottrell from his recruitment point of view. But you can't criticise who he has recruited because um, the recruitments we have, again, Fanningham's a classic, a really good example, solid league one player um, and a player that I'm sure will be in our first team for the next two years. Ollie, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know you're incredibly busy with uh, everything that you've got going on in your <laughs> life. So thank you so much indeed for your time. It is appreciated. Yeah. Finally then, predictions. Uh, let's have it then for the game. And can both clubs be in League One next season? I... Th- I... Morecambe, I'm not so confident about. I'm com- I'm fairly confident Shrewsbury will be in, in in the in division. I think if you guys can sort out your defence, you're fine. You'll probably end up. Yeah, you could end up. Absolutely. It's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. You look at Morecambe's results. You look at the number of shots you have. You look at your xG. You look at your data. Going forward, you're fantastic. Yeah. And working on defence is normally the easiest part. So maybe if your manager can fix the defence over the next couple of weeks, hopefully not against us, you can maybe take some lessons and improve after that. Why can't Morecambe stay up? Absolutely no reason why you can't. Whether you will or not, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how how, um, Gillingham get on. And I think you want to try and keep that gap, don't you, between yourselves and Gillingham. I think Shrewsbury will stay up. I think we've got enough quality and we've got some very good... We've got like Josh Vella, who's bottom end championship player and um, we've got some we've got a couple of players that probably can play in championship in our squad um it's just going to be scoring goals we went on that run because Daniel Doe started scoring goals mm. if we can score goals um I think we'll be fine because we don't concede many um, and also we've got a very very good home record our away record is utterly abysmal we've won one game away all season our home form is really good um, and I think that might be enough to keep us up Ollie, thanks again. Give us a sales pitch uh, one last time. Saladcast, where can we find it? Yeah, so Saladcast is available on all the all the normal platforms, and and yeah, and also on Twitter as well. Ollie, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. I know you're really busy. Good luck for the rest of the season. I I, I think Shrewsbury will comfortably stay up as well. I, I'm with you on that. Good luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much for your time. And yeah, good luck, guys. And yeah, look forward to hopefully playing you again next season. I, I do have a bit of a soft spot for Morecambe in the sense I went to Lancaster Uni. So oh, it's always a good a good game for me. We we were playing you in the in the FA Cup and the FA Cup, the Long League FA Cup, and also the league when I was up at Lancaster Uni in 2000, 2001 to 2004. So yeah, I always, my, one of my best friends actually lives in Lancaster as well. So I, I hope you stay in the division because yeah, it's a good away trip for me. Fingers crossed. Ollie, thanks very much today. Good Cheers, luck. Dave. A big thank you to Ollie Warner, presenter of Saladcast, a Shrewsbury Town fans pod. Go and check that out now. It's a proper fans pod. Uh, loads of great content in there. Get the full lowdown on Derek Adams' men's opponents this coming Tuesday night. Beyond Radio will be live with Shrimps Live from 7.30 on FM, DAB Plus Digital Radio. And you can also listen and watch, of course, via iFollow, the build-up and full commentary of Shrewsbury Town against Morecambe in League One. Another massive, massive evening ahead in our relegation scrap. Look forward to your company then and thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Shrimps Verdict Podcast. We always appreciate your ears. Take care and we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.